Welcome to the Sporting Ones podcast series with Rowie and Haydos, episode 14. And we're looking at the uh, English Premier League this week. Uh, how you going, Haydos? What a weekend that was. Yeah, it was a good week. There was some uh, decent results for myself and not a bad fantasy score. So all in all, it was okay. Yeah, and your um, Spurs got back on the uh, winner's sheet, as uh, as you predicted and as I sort of uh, didn't uh, get quite right. They didn't yeah. look convincing, but they got the win, which is the main thing. It was, uh, it was a brave prediction by myself, I must say. But, uh, yeah, 2-0. It was comfortable, to be fair. I mean, they scored in the 93rd minute, and there was no chance of getting an equaliser, really. But, uh, yeah, they'll be happy to come away with the points there. Yeah, it would have been nice for my uh, bet had uh, Brighton scored eh, another goal. I uh, would have got the nice double chance, but not to be. Um, so just a recap now of the weekend just gone, uh, which we had the winners, uh, Man City, um, storm back into form with a 5-0 win over Cardiff. Liverpool cruised to victory in the first half, 3-0 against Southampton. Shaqiri uh, making his uh, full uh, debut his first 45 minutes uh, starting uh, was very, very sharp. But uh, Klopp pulled him off at half-time in a tactical move, which, um, yeah, Chikiri wasn't too happy about, but Klopp explained it, and uh, he looks like he might be um, ready for the run-in that Liverpool have ahead. Uh, Burnley, um, that was a really, really, really shock result and poor prediction by us. Uh, they smashed Bournemouth 4-0 and got back in the winner's circle and off the bottom of the ladder as well. Uh, Leicester 3-1 over Huddersfield. As we said just earlier, Tottenham 2-1 over um, Brighton. And Arsenal 2-0 victors last night in a devastating four-minute spell uh, over Everton. Uh, the losers, as we uh, just alluded to, Cardiff lost to Man City, Southampton to Liverpool, Bournemouth to Burnley, Huddersfield to Leicester, Brighton to Tottenham, and Everton to Arsenal. A few interesting draws. I think one I might have predicted, you might remember. Yeah, one you're pretty happy about, and uh, it was a, a good good uh, little tip by you, the Man U Wolves game. Yeah, Wolves looked, as I said, very good attacking-wise, and weren't going to be afraid going to Old Trafford. And um, it was a great goal by Man United, but an equally great equaliser by Wolves. And I think one all was probably a fair reflection of the game. But it says a lot of where Man United are at, that they just can't get these wins when they need to at home. And once again, if Lukaku doesn't score, they do struggle to score goals. Yeah, uh, their their midfield, uh, probably besides Pogba, uh, Lingard's just not reaching the same heights he did last year. He had a really good season. Um, And yeah, they're just not having enough attacking threat, as he said, without uh, Lukaku. It just seems to be lacking creativity. They've got Marshall, they've got Rashford, they've got Juan Mata, but they just, as a unit, they just don't seem cohesive. And Mourinho's hell-bent on having uh, Matic and... Fellaini together in midfield, which I think stifles them. As much as they're great holding midfielders, it doesn't give them much going forward, except Fellaini in the box, of course. But it just robs them of an attacking threat, I think. Yeah, well, it just really shows what sort of manager Mourinho is, I think, because most managers would only play one of them and uh, opt to have an extra attacking threat. And just the fact that the... Martial's and Rashford's, the young youth players, they're not getting that continuity of playing. So 
it's any wonder that they're having patchy performances. For me, I'm starting to wonder whether Mourinho's style of um, uh, style of management w- is working in this modern day era. Um, although, interestingly enough, in his press conference, he said we need to attack more cryptically. So. I don't know what he's getting at. He's playing a defensive lineup, yet saying they need to attack more. It just seems to be typical Jose uh, cryptic clues. Yeah, and he's a man of many excuses, as we know. So it's uh, going to be interesting to see if he can actually back up these words, but uh, time will tell. A few other notable draws were uh, West Ham and Chelsea. West Ham continuing from their win last week against uh, Everton away from home, held Chelsea scoreless after um, Chelsea had belted the living daylights out of Cardiff. And um, Chelsea just looked um, devoid of creativity, which is surprising given the attacking uh, threats they have in Walcott, uh, sorry, not Walcott, in Willian and uh, in uh, uh, Hazard. They just lacked maybe perhaps Pedro or Fabregas just pulling the strings a bit, much like... um, much like Mourinho, the Kante and uh, Jorginho just couldn't uh, break West Ham down. And West Ham were very quick. As soon as Hazard was on the ball, they were completely around him. He had nowhere to go. Um, and Giroud just couldn't get going either, which is symbolic of how he plays. He's either hot or he's cold. And um, instead of perhaps pairing Murata with Giroud, he took off Giroud from Murata and there was not much change at all. Yeah, uh, as you said, the West Ham played it well. They they shut down Hazard, which is their main attacking threat. And for me, West Ham had the better of the chances. There was a Yarmolenko missed header, which was all but in as soon as it hit his head. And um, yeah, a few other from, chances that they could have could have put through from three yards out. He had to he had to put it away, and he didn't, which was unfortunately a sign of the weekend because. Um, Crystal Sucker. Crystal Palace had the same issue. They could have beaten Newcastle at home. Instead, that was a dour nil or draw. And uh, Sako, much like Yarmolenko, well, wanting his time again, missing from so close in. You really have to bury those chances in this league, and, and both players didn't. So both sides come away with a draw. Um, the other draw was a score draw between Fulham and Watford, which I think Fulham scored on late through uh, Mitrovic. Mitrovic, the man who knows how to score. He scored late and uh, he looked dangerous in that second half. And, I mean, he's just a perfect striker for them. He is. He compliments them very well, especially with Scherler, Sessegnon. They they do have a uh, attacking options running through uh, their midfield and attack, that's for sure. So after the weekend, the table looks like this. Uh, Liverpool outright top uh, heading into the clash with uh, Chelsea this weekend. So outright top, six wins from six on 18 points. Man City closing uh, closing fast and uh, increasing their goal difference. More importantly, they're on 16 points. Chelsea back to third on 16 points after being top at the start of the weekend. Watford on 13 points rounding out the top four. Your boys back just outside the top four. Spurs are in fifth on twelve on twelve points with Arsenal. North London rivals in fifth and sixth. How do you like that? Uh, Man United in seventh with Bournemouth equal seventh in eighth on ten points. Leicester and Wolves round out the top ten. And who's in the bottom ten? Hados. Um, 
a host of uh, teams that we probably thought would be there, to be fair. Um, Crystal Palace, Everton, Brighton, probably, and maybe Fulham would be the ones worth mentioning. Although, as we said, West Ham, maybe they've turned the corner a little bit here. Um, they're all the way down in 17th, or is it 16th? 17th, and, and Burnley's in 16th. They're off the bottom. And then uh, probably three sides, which are going to be battling it out the whole season to try and get out of there uh, already. Newcastle in 18th. Cardiff in 19th and Huddersfield rounding out the uh, bottom. Yeah, they look like they're in trouble, those three. Yeah, Cardiff and Huddersfield especially, their goal difference is already up to negative 11, so you have to wonder how they're going to survive even this early on. Um, so it brings us to an interesting game week ahead. There is the League Cup midweek, which um, most of the Premier League sides, especially the uh, especially the bigger top uh, six sides, will be looking to try out some players that perhaps haven't had opportunities um, and rotate a few and give their um, younger players a bit of a chance, a bit of exposure. Um, and especially, I can see the Chelsea-Liverpool game. Surprisingly enough, they played twice within three to four days. Um, I can see the League Cup lineups being vastly different from the League Clash, can't you? Yep, and uh, as you said, this is a chance where the younger players get their go and it really comes down to player management because you don't want to play your stars for too long in this game and burn them out, um, have them prime for the real stuff, the Premier League, which uh, people care far more about. Yeah, I could see Liverpool easily making up to probably eight changes. The likes of Klein, Moreno, uh, Mignolet, uh, Shakiri. Sturridge, Solanke, all of those guys I, I can see coming in. Uh, Lalana, if he's fit, probably for Bigno as well to get a uh, to finally get a debut. Just bet him in a bit into the um, into the lineup. So I can see all those types of guys coming in, giving a bit of a chop out to the main guys. So I wouldn't expect to see Salah, Mane, or Firmino. I'd probably expect to see Sturridge, Shakiri. Um, and probably maybe even a um, Lalana on that side, just to uh, just to basically give a chop out, like I said. And same with Chelsea, I wouldn't expect them to play Hazard or uh, Morata um, or Giroud. Probably the likes of Loftus Cheek, um, and Padu, Hudson Odoi, guys like these. They're they're going to be given uh, they're going to be given goes. So it brings us to an interesting game week seven. It starts off early Saturday with a uh, classic in London. It's uh, West Ham versus Man United. How do you see this one? Um, yeah, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, West Ham have sort of turned the corner, we think. Um, and Adovic didn't play on the weekend, and he's a huge differential for uh, West Ham whenever he suits up. Um Word is he probably will get up for this one, so West Ham fans will be pretty happy about that. And, I mean, I can see them beating Man U here. Yeah, Antonio um, up front did a uh, serviceable job and had a couple of chances which he didn't put away against a struggling Chelsea defence, which was quite strange. And I think this one, I don't know that I like them for a win, but I do like them again to get a draw. The way they set up against Chelsea, if they set up that way against Man United, I think they can get something. I do think, though, this time there will be goals. I do like Lukaku to get on the score sheet in this one. And as you say, Ornautovic, um watching the game last night uh, and hearing them speak, I think he will be right to play this week. So he probably wouldn't play in the League Cup, 
but more than likely he comes in uh, into this clash. So I'd, I'd be expecting a draw. The next one is another London, uh, another London game, and it's Arsenal versus Watford. Um, this is a bit intriguing given the two teams' spots and ladder. Obviously, Watford have been a surprise packet this season, but are they starting to fade already? Um, there's probably arguments that they are. Uh, they still, you know, only had the the draw last week against Fulham, who at home do um, pose a, a fair threat. Um, but this will be the test. I mean, this is how they. I know we they beat Tottenham, but you know your Arsenal's, Man U, Man City's, Liverpool's. This is the test to see how they're going to go against those big clubs, and if the start to the season is just that a, a good run of um, a month or so. Uh, so yeah, here's their chance. I think uh, Arsenal win this one. It's at home, and Arsenal are playing uh, decent football at the moment, and they've uh, got a good knack of scoring those two uh, big guns up top. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I'm a bit torn. I, th- I think there could be something in it for Watford. Deeney and Andre Gray will act, will cause the Arsenal defence problems. If there's one thing that the Arsenal defence doesn't like. It's a physical player like Deeney, and uh, he can he can definitely uh, run a muck, and he is in career best form. So it'll be interesting to see how Arsenal cope with that. So for mine, yeah, I'd probably just lean Arsenal. Would I would not be surprised if Watford came away with a point or all three. Uh, next game, Everton v Fulham at Everton. Started off well, Everton just sort of dropped off a bit, but Charleston is back, Keane's back. It makes a huge difference. They probably were a little bit unlucky last night. They let their concentration down for five minutes and they were duly punished. Yeah, and as you said, Everton, that loss of personnel did make a huge difference to them. They started well. They had a few good results and scored a lot of goals. Um, that has dried up. But as you said, Richarlison back. He is a big threat. Um, and Fulham, I still like them. I reckon that they're you know, a team that can score at any given time with Mitrovic up front, um, and their defence, yeah, maybe it's not as sound as they'd like it, but uh, there's still enough there. that they've, I reckon that they're a decent enough team. I feel like they're definitely going to stay up, and uh, you know they could probably get inside the top 10, I think. And uh, as far as this week goes, probably more leaning towards a draw here, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Fulham win also. Yeah, I reckon this has score draw written all over it. I don't think both sides' defences can keep each other out, and I think you're right. Fulham are a side that can score it um, at any ground they go to. Um, they should have scored against Man City early in the season. They had low. They had, they had a few chances and a few clear-cut ones. So Fulham can score anywhere. That's their danger. And I just don't know. Everton's defence at the moment just seems to be at sixes and sevens. So I think um, given both sides attacking prowess, I'd be expecting a score draw probably in the midst of maybe two all. Um, Next one brings on your boys. And it's uh, Huddersfield at home to uh, Tottenham. Any chance that Huddersfield at home can keep out your boys? I don't think so, no. Um, I think that... Spurs, this is their chance. They do have a decent run of fixtures ahead of them. Um, if they're going to stay within sight of the top four, top two, whatever they're aiming for, um, you know these are the games, obviously, that they need to win. So Huddersfield, they've had a pretty forgettable start to the season, uh, sitting on the bottom of the ladder, not looking like uh, getting over that. 
and uh, I think their misery is going to continue here. They are a lot better at home. It does have the uh, the potential to be a banana skin for Tottenham, but at the same time, I don't think it will be. If Tottenham want to be serious and finish in the top four and push at least for the title or give themselves a chance at that, then they have to win these games. There's, there's no question about that. And Harry Kane has to find form soon. I know he scored from a penalty this week, and that will give him more confidence, but he has to uh, start hitting the ground running and get back to the form that he had last season for Tottenham to be any chance. Uh, Ali returned to the bench this week, so that's a huge boost to them. But the sooner they get Lloris back in goals, the sooner the stability at the back um, will make them so much stronger. Because without... Uh, Without uh, Lloris, they've gone through Michael Vorm. Now it's Paolo Gasinga. They're rotating goalkeepers. The defence then doesn't know who to trust. They, they need Lloris, who is also their captain, back in as soon as possible. But I'd expect Spurs to win by a couple in that one. Uh, then it brings Man City and Brighton from Man City. Oh, this, this could be ugly. Uh, I don't know about ugly, but, um, you know, Brighton, they're... They're okay defensively. Um, they're going to need numbers behind the ball, as many as they can get, basically. Uh, they do have a little bit of attacking threat, so maybe they might be able to catch Man City off guard. But, um, yeah, Man City, they've got all the attacking power that any team needs to win, um, and they should win this comfortably. Yeah, look, I'd be backing them in for at least a 2-3-0 victory, if not more than that, if, if Aguero gets firing. But I guess the issue is is that... Are we underestimating Brighton? They do have a good record against the top sides. They almost uh, kept Liverpool out at Anfield. They only lost 1-0. They only lost 2-1 to Tottenham this week. They've beaten Man United. So, uh, they ran Arsenal close. So they, they do have a good record against the um, against the top six. So it could be closer than we think, but I'd, I'd still be backing Man City in this one. So then it turns to a uh, clash that... Uh, simply is must-win for one of these sides, and that's Newcastle versus Leicester at St. James's Park in Newcastle. Yep. Uh, Newcastle get their chance here. It's at home. Uh, Leicester, not the side that they were when they won the uh, the title a few years back. Um, having said that, I still think Leicester, with Jamie Vardy back, and uh, the surprise packet that is Ryan Madison, who's... James Madison. James Madison, sorry. Um, he's really had a great start to the year, and he's... Um, Scoring from free kicks, uh, so yeah, they've they would have a lot of confidence, I'd imagine. But I still think Newcastle not without their chance here. Yeah, look, Rafa Benitez will be uh, he'll have to make the most of his home games. So this will be one he'll be uh, he'll be completely up for. He did manage to get a point at Crystal Palace, albeit if Sako had to put away that header, as we said, would have been a different story. But he has been hamstrung in the transfer market, but he is a genius of a manager. So if anyone like last season can keep them up at Benitez. I'm probably thinking he can get a point out of this one at home. If, if it was at Leicester, I'd back Leicester every day of the week. But um, at St. James's Park with that uh, parochial crowd, I just reckon they could sneak a victory. As you said, James Madison has been in superb form. He's continued on his form from the championship with Norwich, and uh, that's been a shrewd signing by um, by Leicester. He's complimented Jamie Vardy well, and, it, and it's meant that they haven't missed Mares as much as what people thought they would. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, he's definitely had a hot start to the season, so 
I'll hope for his sake and uh, for fantasy Premier League players that he can keep up that form. Uh, now to another one of our... They're slowly becoming our second favourite side. Uh, Wolves versus Southampton. And uh, Wolves at home are especially strong, having already um, garnered points against Man City at home. Yeah, they're taking all before them in the Premier League. It's been pretty impressive. And they've had a reasonably tough run as well. A tough introduction, but... They've taken on teams and, uh, you know, they're not afraid to play anyone, I don't think. And as you said, at home against Southampton, who are really, really struggling to score. I mean, this has got 2-0, 1-0, I think. Yeah, look, the way Wolves play, I reckon it's, it's probably a 2-0 two, two or 2-1 victory. Uh, Matinho, um, very good creative, um, very good creative player. Um, surprised to see him in a club like Wolves, to be honest. Um, he, he had been linked in the past to clubs like Chelsea and Liverpool. So to see him at Wolves is a bit of a surprise. But uh, he's performing very well um, alongside Ruben Neves. So their midfield's quite strong. They've got pace out wide, especially with Adama Traore, who they bring on from about the 60 minutes onwards when teams are starting to fatigue. Uh, you've got Rahul uh, Jimenez up front, who um, provides a bit of a goal threat. Um, defensively, they're quite sound, and they've got a really good goalkeeper in uh, Rui Patricio. So all across the field, Wolves are quite uh, quite solid. So I can't see anything but a Wolves win in this one, which takes us to the top of the one of the um, probably the game of the weekend, and it's uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. Yes, and you yourself are going to be there to witness it. And how are you feeling? Um, better after they drew with West Ham because it means that Liverpool's outright top going into it. Um, so I think there's probably there's still as much pressure there, but it just gives you that little bit of a buffer. Um, my fear is more around myself, and uh, if I can... Uh, not get uh, bashed or arrested. That will be a huge positive given I will be in the home fan section and that is the only way I could get a ticket to it. Yes, and you do have a history of uh, attacking unwanted attention to yourself. Um, yeah, so you might have to keep your cheers uh, as reserved as possible. Yes, I'll be uh, supporting Chelsea as much as I can but quietly on the inside if Liverpool score. Will, will you going... wear your red? No, definitely not. No, not even my not underwear enough. will be red. I'm not risking anything. If anything, I'll dress up like a certain movie and go Men in Black. Oh, I honestly, can't. I'm not surprised by that, to be fair. But I give your boys a real chance of winning here. Chelsea, as uh, good as they have been attackingly, their their defence is not as strong as what you might think. Uh, it's a little bit deceiving um, due to that attacking threat. And Liverpool, they're the team as well as Man City, that have that attacking threat for the full 90 minutes. They've got pace up front, they've got touch up front, and uh, Liverpool, I feel, are going to win this one. But also defensively, that that's the main thing that's changed this season. It's the defensive aspect. It's not only the pressing high up the field, but it's being able to cope with the pressure from the from the attacking forces from the other side. Van Dijk, since he's come in, has been a colossus. And the, the amount of clean sheets that Liverpool have kept since he's come in is phenomenal. Allison as a solid goalkeeper, reliable, trustworthy, other than that one... Yes, brain fade, which he's learned from, um, has been solid as. And uh, Gomez coming into that defence as a replacement for Lovren has actually really started to prove himself and prove why he was so highly sought after as a 16, 17-year-old. And it, it's it's a young 
attacking uh, defence as well because you got Robinson on one flank, who was the no-name left-back from Hull, who they signed last season, who's turned into be an absolute find, as well as the youth of Alexander-Arnold on the other side, who's managed to keep a seasoned international like Klein out the whole season, and the whole of last season as well, for that matter. Even though Klein was injured when he came back, he could not get past Alexander-Arnold. So it, it's a matter of that it's all across the pitch for Liverpool. It's probably their most balanced side. The problem with Chelsea is what I saw last night is they lack, if if they can't get it through Hazard, they do lack a bit of creativity. They did miss Pedro, and if he is back, he will give them a bit of a boost. Um, I think he gives them a bit more cre- creatively than what Willian does. Um, Willian is quite special with his skills, but I don't think he unlocks as many doors creatively as what Pedro does. And the problem with Chelsea's defence is they could have lost Rudiger last night as well. Unsure about how big his injury is, but he did go off. So that would mean they'd have to bring Gary, Gary Cahill in, who is a solid defender, but he's not what I'd call a Van Dyke um, or even like a Laporte or a company. He's not in that kind of ilk. So it will probably upset their team balance a bit. I'd be happy with a draw, but I'll definitely take a win. Yep. Uh, I'm still pretty confident in a Liverpool win here. And, you know, Cahill probably just doesn't have that pace to go with uh, the front three of Liverpool as well. So that's another factor. All right. Cardiff versus Burnley from Wales. Um, Burnley, like we said, turned a bit of a corner. Uh, we realised once we said Bournemouth would uh, get victory against Burnley, we wish we could have just reeled that comment back in straight away. That was just one we threw out there and then went, oh dear. And then as soon as they went 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 up, we were like, yep, yeah, no, that's horrible. So Burnley may have turned the corner. We did rule them out. Maybe we were a bit premature on that. They have had a tough start to the season with the Europa League. Maybe they're just starting to find their feet a bit now. Or is it too early to say that? given that Bournemouth might have just had a horrible day. Yeah, I don't know. I, it was a funny feeling that we had with Burnley. Um, there was something in the water there. I, it purely was a gut feel thing. There was no form line to back it up at all. Um, and Bur- uh, Bournemouth were definitely the hot team going into that game. So maybe it's just a game that they'd rather forget. Uh, Burnley made the most of their chances and they had a different formation up front which probably helped. Uh, Wood just can't seem to score in the Premier League so they they put him to the bench. Um, And this one here, I mean, Cardiff, they did have a decent result at home and because they're at home, I can see maybe another draw here. Yeah, it's a hard one. I'm probably leaning that Cardiff at home in front of their fans even though last week they had Man City. Before that, in previous games, they have managed to uh, have managed to get results at home. They're going to be a side that's going to rely, if they're going to stay up, very much on their home form, uh, much like Brighton have previously. Um, yeah, I'll go a draw on this one with no great confidence at all, given it's Burnley that's their opponent. Fair enough. Uh, and the last game of the round is going to be Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace, two teams that have been scoring well. Last week aside, um, at Bournemouth, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, look, given their form at home is usually quite strong, under Eddie Howe, they'll be keen to uh, rectify that result against Burnley quite quickly. Uh, King and uh, Wilson up front will be looking to exploit the Crystal Palace defence. I think it's got goals in it. 
I can see like a 3-2 type of result, but I'm leaning Bournemouth at home. I just think hopefully that result against Burnley was an anomaly and it won't happen again, but it could. But I'd see that result happening more away from home than at home. So at home, I think it's just safe to tip Bournemouth at home. Yeah, I like their form at home. Uh, they they know how to score at home, plainly and simply. Crystal Palace, um, they have had a decent start. And, um, you know, Zaha is a really attacking threat up front. And uh, their defenders are, are pretty sound. But I can see scores from both sides of the ledger here. And, yeah, I'd probably lean towards maybe a maybe a 2-1 in Bournemouth's favour. Yeah, I like that. So just to a few value bets from this uh, from this uh, game we're coming up. We like, uh, in the Chelsea-Liverpool game, if you don't want to go for either side, the draw is paying 350, which is quite healthy, uh, given, uh, given the two sides and how close they are on the table. Um, Arsenal-Watford. Watford is paying a whopping $7 for a win away. Uh, and given their fourth and Arsenal sixth, that's um, that's pretty surprising for mine. Yeah, they have been known to beat Arsenal too, as you said. Deeney uh, really loves coming up against Arsenal. He makes comment every time after he gets interviewed and scores. So, yeah, $7, that's a bit of value there. Yeah, and then uh, in the opening game, uh, West Ham and United, um, I did, like I said, I did like the draw, and uh, that's paying $3.70, so that's quite healthy as well. And then uh, Everton-Fulham, we suggested, would be a score draw. That's paying $3.80, so that's also value. Yeah, um, both teams capable of scoring. And, um, yeah, that that could play out that way as well. Uh, 3 80 definitely good value. And two teams away from home, uh, value for money. Leicester and Newcastle paying two eighty on the nose. And Burnley are paying $3 at Cardiff if you think they can both win. Yeah, I'll probably lean towards more uh, Leicester there. They've got a better form line. Burnley did have that great result last week, obviously. Um, But Leicester at 280, I think that's pretty handy. Yeah, no, that is. All right, we'll move along to our Fantasy Premier League. And, uh, yeah, I'm a bit up and about this week. I've I've had a fairly good week. Uh, Took a bit of a chance, a couple of risks, and it paid off. Um, Put Vardy as captain. And that was a, uh, considering everyone went Hazard, Mane, uh, Salah, although that paid off for yourself. Um, Vardy ended up with 22 points as my captain, so I was quite happy with that. And a bit of a differential as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, he's one of the main strikers, obviously, at Leicester. If uh, if they're going to score, there's a fair chance he's involved in it. And he that proved uh, with a goal and an assist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, goal and assist, as well as, uh, I think, two bonus. So, yeah, I, I was really, really happy with that. Um, it was a bold move, and uh, it uh, paid off. So, given the week that's transpired, Salah's got back on the score sheet. So was Aguero. So was Kane. So was Aubameyang and Lacazette. So now, given that, and given how managers were going to more year mid-price strikers like Mitrovic and Zaha and Anortovic and Ings, is it turning back towards these big strikers? Mm. Lukaku had an off week, granted, but before that, he was starting to hit form as well. It's hard to say for me. Um, I'm still not seeing enough from Kane, and Aguero is just an absolute risk of getting taken off at the 60-minute mark. Um so those two are still probably not offering that value. And as for Salah, I mean, the good thing about him last year was that he was under 
nine million when you could grab him, and he had just excellent value. He was a leading point scorer. This year, he's not the leading point scorer, and he's not getting bonus points, which he is vulnerable if he doesn't score more than one goal. Um, so, if there's any reason to get rid of Salah, it's definitely this week. He's got two tough fixtures as well as the Champions League in between that. Um, and then after the international break, you could look at getting him back in. Um, having said that, it is Salah, and if he can get back to that form last year, then he is worth the price tag, but for now, he just isn't. Yeah, no, that's a fair call, and I did make that move in my wildcard to move on Salah, just to free up funds in other areas. Um, Lacazette, I think if you've got him, keep him, but if you haven't got him, what do you say to that? Yeah, I reckon get him in. Um, he's looking awesome up front, uh, and he's playing 90 minutes as well. Aubameyang's more the one that's going to get dragged off. Um, he didn't play during the week in their Europa League, I think. Um, they, they went for Aubameyang up front. I think Lacazette's just got that class up front. And um, he looks like finding the form that probably a lot of Arsenal fans wanted from him last year. And he looks like finishing off any chance that he can get. He scored an absolute cracker. And, uh, yeah, I think this is a time to get him. They've still got an awesome run of fixtures. They don't have Champions League. They've got Europa, yes, but they're still in that group stage now where they don't have to worry about playing their best 11. Yeah, he's starting to justify his price tag from this from last season, and, and this is what Arsenal fans would have expected from him. He's always been a class striker, so this was always coming. He just needed to find form and continuity, and he started to do that. And you can see in his finishes, his goal against Cardiff was just an absolute rocket. Um, just confidence personified, just hit it bang, near post, keep had no chance. And then last night's goal was also very, very classy. So he's starting to really um, hit the ground running with their fixtures. And uh, he's actually forming quite a profitable uh, partnership with Aubame- with Aubameyang. So when those two play together, Arsenal are definitely more threatening. Um, now, the other one was Mendy. Benjamin Mendy. Now... As everybody jumped on him and as he was proving the defender we wanted him to be, we thought, oh, no, Pep's gone and done the unthinkable and dropped him. But no, he actually is injured. Um, as much as we don't like it, um, we've had to uh, – well, I've definitely bitten the bullet this morning and gotten rid of him not knowing how long he's going to be out for. So we've got a list of replacements now. Are you going to get rid of him? Yes. Um, it was actually pretty hard to find out what was wrong with him. There were suggestions that it was a knee, which is the issues that he had last year. But then we found something more concrete. Well, then I heard it was an ankle. Yeah. Then we found something more concrete that it's actually a bruised toe. Uh, sorry, a metatarsal, which is a bone in the toe. Um, bone in the foot, yeah. And metatarsals can be interesting things. It's ruled out guys like Danny Murphy uh, and uh, David Beckham from World Cup. So it can be a bit of a tricky injury, usually about six to eight weeks. Yeah, and Pep himself has no idea when he's coming back. I mean, it's not surprising to get that sort of uh, line from, 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 Pep. from Pep. But uh, I think that's enough sign that you got to get rid of him. He's the most traded out player, I think, at the moment. So... Uh, it makes a lot of sense, and there are some decent enough options around his price tag. All right, we've got eight options. I'm going to go through the first four. So you can swap him straight out for his uh, Man City teammate in Kyle Walker, who will give you equally as much attacking threat as what Mendy does for a similar price tag. You might have to just go up a couple of uh, 
point two or point three uh, to get him. Uh, Trippier from Tottenham. Few good fixtures ahead. On set pieces, got an assist uh, this game week, so he's definitely an option. I've opted for Laporte in the defence. He has played every game, 90 minutes, and if Man City keep a clean sheet, he is usually at the heart of that. So I've gone for Laporte just for a bit of safety. Uh, Or you can go with uh, not a risky option because I don't see him being dropped for league games, and that's Trent Alexander-Arnold offering returns, uh, much like Robertson on the other side, but for a lot cheaper, and uh, he could be an option as well. Yeah, I like Trent uh, Alexander-Arnold. The only problem there, obviously, is if you've got Mane, Salah, or uh, Robinson, Robinson, as he said, um, you can't get more than three players, unfortunately. Um, probably out of those few, I'd say Trippier. He does have that attacking threat and is um, only six mil, which is a lot cheaper than Mendy. Um, and they do have a really good run of fixtures. Uh, there are some other lower price ones from Manu. You've got Smalling and you've got Shaw. Uh, Shaw probably offers a bit more attacking threat there. Smalling, though, he does have a knack of scoring. So, again, it's all about whether or not they can keep a clean sheet, which they're not looking like doing. But they still do have a decent run of fixtures ahead. So this is their chance. Um, Yeah, and then there's Chilwell and Ake from Bournemouth. Uh, Again, the argument there is a little bit of attacking threat and uh, decent fixtures. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be a great weekend ahead for the Premier League and also for the Fantasy Premier League. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'm probably as pumped as what I'll ever be, uh, given what lies ahead. Uh, So we will be taking a break, given that I will be away over in London this weekend and then in Italy for a couple of weeks. So we'll be taking a couple of weeks off and be back uh, towards the end of October with uh, with some more uh, fantasy Premier League advice and also your English Premier League wraps. So signing off for this episode 14, and um, good luck to your teams heading into the weekend and over the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Paul, and good luck to yourself and Cara. Hope you guys have a lovely trip there, and uh, you've earned a, a few weeks off. I think that's fair. Yeah, and we'll get back and uh, get straight back into it once I'm back, so uh, I'll be looking forward to a well-earned break. And uh, that's signing off for this episode.